0: Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a Biblical perspective. 2020 Weekdays on Vision Christian Radio Audio on Demand from Vision Christian Media God's gone to rather a lot of trouble to have His love letter to you and to me written and then accurately preserved down through the centuries. So then why is it that so many Christians treat their Bible with such disdain, leaving it unread to gather dust on a shelf somewhere? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program, as today we take a look at the Word of God from a different perspective. And do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever you happen to be dealing with in your life just at the moment. I guess in a good loving marriage, if you love someone, it's not unreasonable to expect that they would from time to time, even reasonably often, say kind, loving, encouraging, uplifting things to you. Not an unreasonable expectation, right? And yet so many Christians have never heard God whisper those sweet nothings into their ears. Why? I was having lunch with a friend the other day and he said something along the lines of, well, look, I don't read my Bible. I find it boring. In any case, I have a deal with God. As long as I have love in my heart, that's all that matters. Yeah, right. My question to him was this. So if you don't read your Bible, if you don't listen to the loving things that God has to say to you and about you, how can you possibly have his love in your heart? If you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak audibly, then read it out loud. That Bible is his love letter to you. As we journey through this series on living our lives in spiritual victory, we have to talk about one of the greatest maladies in Christendom today, the biblically illiterate majority who are so longing for victory, real victory over sin, over the devil, over trials and obstacles and circumstances and situations, and yet they leave the one offensive weapon in their armory locked away in a cupboard somewhere. The Apostle Paul had this to say about the spiritual battlefield on which we live. Have a listen. It's Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 17. Finally, he writes, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For you see, our struggle isn't against the enemies of blood and flesh but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armour of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that day of evil, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness, As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So there is one of the best pictures of the spiritual battlefield on which you and I live that you will ever find in the Bible the point he's making is that we focus on the things that we can see the things of flesh and blood and yet there is a spiritual battle raging in the spiritual dimension in the heavenly places that is every bit as real as anything that you and I can see or feel here and now a spiritual battle that sits at back of the trials and the troubles that we experience in this world a spiritual battle that we ignore at our peril we can't have spiritual victory without being aware of that spiritual battle and then doing the things that we can do to win it. As Paul puts it, putting on the whole body armour of God, not just part of it, but all of it. Now, when you think about it, armour is by and large defensive. In other words, it's there to protect you. The belt of truth holds things together. The the breastplate of righteousness protects your, your chest, your heart and your lungs. The shoes for your feet, they make it easy for you to run. The shield of faith quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. The helmet of salvation protects your head. All of those are passive and protective to stop the enemy's attacks from hurting you. Great. But you don't win a battle just by defending yourself. You win a battle by attacking, by going on the offensive. And in that whole list, we are given only one offensive weapon. Did you pick it? It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In other words, your Bible, the living word of the living God, is the one offensive weapon in your armory. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the devil came after him by misquoting and twisting God's word. How did Jesus respond? Each time he responded with the truth, he defeated the devil with the truth, with God's word. Luke chapter 4, verses 3 to 12. Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus answered him, It is written, Then the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your feet against a stone. But Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until a more opportune time. Three times, Jesus hit back of the devil with his one offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But leave the sword in its scabbard, leave the sword and the scabbard at home in the storeroom, and it won't do you any good. We need to get it out, to read it, to let God speak to us through it, to listen to what he has to say about us and this world, rather than the perversions that the devil would whisper in our ears. Let me be perfectly blunt. You cannot, you simply cannot live in spiritual victory without regularly reading your Bible. It just isn't possible, get it? You and I don't have the power to defeat the devil. We, we don't have the power to overcome the obstacles in life. But God's word is so incredibly powerful. Why do we miss that? Why do we trifle with the word of God? One of the most frightening things that I see in the kingdom of God today is people who call themselves Christians, and yet they trifle with God's word. They have a Bible to be sure, but it collects dust on the shelf or it's tucked away in a drawer somewhere. They listen to sermons most Sundays, well, sort of, but by the time they're having that post-church service cup of coffee, their heart and their mind has already wandered off somewhere else. In the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, we hear how God created the universe. But let me ask you a question. Exactly how did God create the universe? Answer, he spoke it into existence. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, and it was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God spoke the whole universe into existence. As the Apostle Paul later said in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, God calls into existence the things that do not yet exist. That's the power of God's Word. I wonder what things, what blessings, God wants to call into existence in your life through His Word and his word is the place where you'll discover the spiritual victory that you've been looking for all this time. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, your one offensive weapon. Don't leave home without it. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective.